My message titled Enemy Defeated is a powerful message. I encourage you to watch and see how that one small area that the enemy did not protect is the area that God will destroy. And you are coming forth in victory as you stand firm in the word of God. You are positioned to do battle. You are positioned to walk valiantly before the Lord your God. That means when you see a fellow believer that it maybe isn't where you are at that moment, your job is to literally go over there and lift them up, pray for them, command those things to go, because that way they can enter into the position of praise as well. The Word of God changes us, heals us, transforms us. Yes, enemy is defeated and is under our feet. And you will not die in the battle, but your enemy will. Ahab died in the battle of his own making. Turn your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 18. We were in 2 Chronicles chapter 18 uh, last week. And in speaking of uh, that lying spirit that went forth and spoke to, to so many, it was 400 prophets that all spoke about that lying spirit. They had that same spirit on them. But there was one prophet that did not allow that spirit to speak through him. He was one true prophet, right? And we're going to pick up here from, from the, at the end of that, of that uh, story because Micaiah was the one true prophet that warned Ahab not to go into war, but Ahab decided to go into his own wicked desires, and when he did, he was led astray, right? He was struck between the joints of his armor. I want you to, I want you to read here in verse 33, 2 Chronicles chapter 18, and verse 33. Yeah, 2 Chronicles 18. Verse 33, it says, Now a certain man drew a bow and ran at random. Remember, he went into the battle he wasn't supposed to go into because he listened to the wrong voice. Now a certain man drew a bow and at random struck the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. It didn't say he didn't have armor on. It didn't say that he wasn't protected and wasn't ready to fight. It said he has armor on and he had armor on, but somebody just at random, somebody just passing by, a passerby was able to take the king out. Because when you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, even just somebody passing by can literally wipe you out. That's what happened. Amen. He had his armor on, but there was one little area that wasn't protected, and that one little area was his downfall. He struck the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. And he said to the driver of his chariot, turn around and take me out of the battle, for I am wounded. He knew he was wounded. He says, take me out. I'm wounded. Take me out. The battle increased that day, and the king of Israel propped himself up in his chariot, facing the Syrians until evening, and about the time of sunset, he died. There were opposers, but one man struck him and reached that area that needed to be reached, and this man died. But look at verse 34, in case you missed it. It says the battle increased. The battle increased, yet this man died. The battle increased. Sometimes the battle 
and the battles may seem to be increasing, but your enemy is being destroyed. Never doubt that for a moment. Sometimes it seems like though you're doing what you need to do, listening to the right voice, but yet the battle is increasing. Do not look to the battle, but look to the one that's already won that battle. Look to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because you are victorious. It says the battle is increasing, yet he died. What's going to die? But everything that is not of God in your life. What's going to die? The opposition, the opposers, the enemies that have come to strike you down, but yet you're going to put on your full armor and they're not going to find a weak link in your chain. Amen? They're not going to find some area where they can just haphazardly destroy you like they did this king. Are we all confident about this? Because God is the Lord of the battles. He is the Lord of the battle. He says, it's my battle anyway. It's not yours. Look to me and I will give you the instruction. Look to me and I will give you the blueprint how to fight that battle, how to wage a warfare, a good warfare. You look to me, saith the Lord, right? But I, I, it's interesting because he doesn't listen to the right voice voices he goes into battle and he is literally struck by by some passerby somebody just passing by has the potential and the and the ability to take this king out he was a king but he was still taken out because you know what i don't care who you think you are you know what our strength is in the lord our strength is in jesus christ amen in psalm 144 and in verse 1 it says, blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Your hands are trained for war and your fingers are trained for battle. Never underestimate this. Psalm 144, verse 1. Blessed be the Lord, my rock. We bless the name of the Lord. He has trained you and every single thing you have had to encounter, every difficulty, every opposition that you have had uh, that has come against you, it was an opportunity. Say it's an opportunity, opportunity. for me to be trained so that my hands would literally be trained. Come on, your hands are trained for war, your fingers for battle. Your hands are being trained for war. Every single, And what is war? What is war? But when you lift up your hands and you praise the living God, you are literally warring against your enemies, and they don't know which way that you are coming, which way the enemy is coming, but they can be defeated by the enemy's own people simply because you worshiped and you warred, simply because you stood on the word of God, simply because you wouldn't take no for an answer, simply because you stayed in faith and you said, you know what, Lord? I am going to be one that pleases God. I am going to be one that walks with God. I am going to be one that takes his word and literally walks it out and not just listens and then doesn't do. Right? So he says in Psalm 144, verse 1, Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. You didn't know that these were weapons. Maybe some of you didn't know, but these are weapons. These are weapons. Your hands are a weapon against the enemy. And every time you lift your hands up, every time you raise your arms up, every time you posture yourself, posture yourself in a place of, of worship, you are literally not just worshiping, but it's worship. You are coming against the ones that are coming against you. Worship is war. It's war. It's not just a time of soaking. Soaking is great. It has its place. But worship is war. And that's what we do. Because your voice penetrates the darkness. 
And in Psalm 18:39 it says for you have armed me with strength for the battle. You are armed with strength. Never underestimate the fact that the enemy tries to bring to you you don't have any strength. You're too tired. You're too weak. You've been in this battle for too long. It hasn't changed. It's not turning around. No, shut up devil. You need to silence the devil. Silence that devil. You need to silence that opposition. The word of the Lord says in Psalm 18:39, I'm armed with strength for the battle. In other words, I'm prepared and I'm equipped. You're not just prepared. You are fully equipped. It says in Psalm 18:39, you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. They may have risen up against you, but they're actually under your feet. He says, I've subdued them, subdued them, put them to sleep, moved them out of the way. I've subdued them. You know, when something is subdued, they're kind of stupefied. They're not very good for anything. They're not good for themselves. They're not going to help themselves. They need help. They need help. Somebody that's subdued, rather just like, they need help, right? That's what the, that the Lord says in his word. He is subduing your enemies under your feet. But you got to know that this is the promise of God for you for, in order for you to claim that promise. And we do know. Thank you, Jesus. And in Zechariah 4, 6, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, by my spirit, by the Holy Spirit, not by your might, not by your strength, not by your power, but by the Holy Spirit, you are victorious. By the Holy Spirit, those assignments that have come against your family are no match. Literally, they are no match for you. I don't care how bad you tell me bad is. It could be very bad. Say, sometimes it looks really bad, yet it's no match. It is no match. For the spirit of the living God that lives on the inside of you. Turn to your neighbor and says, that devil's no match. That devil is no match. The spirit of God in me is greater than the enemy that roams around in the earth. And we know that Isaiah 54, 17 says that there is no weapon formed against us that's going to prosper. Not going to prosper. It's not prospering. <laughs> so now we're still in 2 Chronicles. I want you to go to chapter 20. Because you may, you may feel powerless, and sometimes you do feel powerless. If we were to be honest, sometimes we all feel powerless. We don't go by our feelings, but we all feel powerless from time to time. But the point is, stay focused. Even when you feel powerless, stay focused. So when we turn to 2 Chronicles 20, and in verse 12, okay, because you guys know the, the, that story, Ahab died. Ahab died, Jehoshaphat did not, right? And so he goes on, and it says here in verse 12, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. Sometimes you're in a place where you don't know what to do, and you see this great army all around you. It's large, it's big, it's vast, and you don't know what to do. Let's reread verse 12. It says, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude. Well, you don't in and of yourself. You do when you're in Christ. 
But we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. Sometimes you don't know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Even when you feel powerless, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, let your eyes always be fixed. Be literally fixed on his word. Our eyes are on you. They're upon you. That's a powerful statement right there. You can take that right there. You can know that if you just follow that instruction right there, you will be victorious. Because God will give you the insights that you need to have. He'll give you the blueprints. He'll, know, he'll, he'll show you how to pray. He'll, he'll, he'll teach you how to pray, like specific targeted prayers. So that people go, I can't believe you knew that. How did you know that? You didn't in and of yourself. You did because you kept your eyes on Jesus, and he is able to make all, not just all grace abound to you, but all provision abound to you, all wisdom abound to you, all breakthrough abound to you, everything you need. He is able to make it abound. That means more than you need. Overflow. When something is abounding, it's more than you need. It's an overflow. But God's grace is sufficient, and he's able to make all things to come and to be abounding in your life. So the wisdom of how to, how to, how to pray the strategies of God, how to have the blueprint that God, because there is a blueprint. There is a way to pray. There is a way, and there's a way not to pray, but God will specifically show you when you keep your eyes on him. Don't focus on the size of that army, right? We're not going to, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God, people. We trust in the name of Jesus. So the instruction was to keep our eyes on Jesus, even though there was a great vast army coming around and coming against them. Verse 13, now all of Judah with their little ones and their wives and their children, they all stood before the Lord. And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, and on and on. Verse 15, and then he said, listen, all of you, all of you of Judah, all, and it says, and inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, listen, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed because of this great multitude. Oh, how's this ever going to work out? I don't think this is, how is this ever going to work out? Why am I always in the same situation, Lord? Maybe some of your prayers from time to time. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours. The battle is God's. Be a person of prayer. Your answer is to be a person of prayer. You pray for those loved ones. You pray for those circumstances, those situations, those relationships. You pray. You ask God to open up their eyes. You get the blueprint from God, but you pray. You don't let the battle discourage you because it does try. But you have to be one that rises up and says, no, I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. And I'm going to pray. And then he says, tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come down, and you will find them at this, at this brook. Verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. When you come to church, you positioned yourselves. You know, and if that's not, if you haven't seen it like that, then you need to see it like that. When we come, obviously not just when we come to church, 
throughout the week as well. But when we come together, one puts a flight of 1,000, two, 10,000. So when we, you know, our, we're strong together because it's the um, army of God. So when we come together, position yourselves. Well, what's the position? What's the In total faith. In total expectation. Realizing you didn't just come just little old you. You have armor on. You have come with a warrior of angelic beings when you come in position. When you come with the right mindset. Because if you come with the wrong mindset, you come with all the heaviness and opposition and, and every demon spirit. <clears throat> it works both ways. It works both ways. Like you come with this, oh, you know, heaviness, oppression, I don't want to be there, you know, that kind of thing. Well, you just, you're bringing in all this oppression and you have to fight against it. But you know what? And even sometimes when that happens, that's why it's important to still make yourself come. Because you know what? You're not an island. And you need, we need one another. And when somebody walks in and we'll see, wow, they're so heavy hearted. Guess what we get to do? Get that thing off of you. Get that thing off of you. Is that not what a family does? Isn't that what the family of God is supposed to do? Right? You don't just go, man, they got so much opposition. I want nothing to do with that. They got a lot of heaviness, heartache. What God knows what's going on over there. I want nothing to do with that. Really? Because you know what? You didn't even come in your position then because you are positioned for greatness. You are positioned to do battle. You are positioned to walk valiantly before the Lord your God. That means when you see a fellow believer that it maybe isn't where you are at that moment, your job is to literally go over there and lift them up, pray for them, command those things to go, because that way they can enter into the position of praise as well. Because sometimes you're strong and sometimes you're not. Sometimes we are all strong and sometimes we are all not, right? And we need every single member doing their part. An army is made up of many members. And so everyone needs to do their part. So when you see, when you come, you come in position for war. You come in position to do battle. You come in position to receive your breakthrough. You come in position to have victory. You come in position to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. You come in position. Verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. How many of you going to remember that word? Next time I come, I'm coming in position. So position yourself. Stand still. And you will see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Who is with you? The Lord who is with you. God is with you at all times. He is with us. And I love that. We are never alone. Never. Even if you feel alone, you are never alone. So salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Praise God. Amen, amen. So it says that Jehoshaphat, he bowed his head. He bowed his head to the ground. Remember, he listened to the wrong voice too, but God had mercy on him. Remember, he listened to the wrong voice too, but God had mercy. And so he he bows his head to the ground, his face into the ground. And you know, that's the best posture, posture you can ever be in is, oh, God, I need you. And just be in that place of just humble submission before the Lord your God. Best position. He bowed before the Lord in end of verse 18. He says, worshiping the Lord. He was worshiping the Lord. And then it says, with 
with voice, loud voices and like a high praise. They rose early, verse 20, in the morning. They went out into the wilderness. And it says, Jehoshaphat stood and he said, now he's saying this to everyone else, hear me. But first he got the instruction from the Lord. He says, hear me. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. You shall be established. Believe in the Lord your God, you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing. He appointed the singers. Lest you think it's just a sweet little worship time. He, these, these worshipers were appointed. You guys are appointed. When you come, I want you to see yourself positioned and appointed to worship, to bring down heaven here to earth. We are positioned and we are appointed. Say, I am positioned and I am appointed to bring heaven to earth. Positioned and appointed. He says, so he went down and he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness. And they went out before the army and they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. This is what they were singing. Praise the Lord, his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. And when they began to sing, and when they began to praise, see, they had to take that step of obedience. It says the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. When you start to sing, you literally set an ambush against those that are coming against you. Your victory is in your praise. Your victory is in your praise, and that doesn't change. So we're going to stay focused. We're going to stay in position, and we're going to stay focused. Amen? But we do need to make sure that our thoughts don't defeat us. We can't let our thoughts defeat us. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And verse 5. And it says, casting down. In other words, we must cast down arguments and every high thing that exalt, exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every, every thought that is not in alignment with the thought and the will of God, we must take it into captivity and literally throw it down, which means we need to destroy it. We need to, casting down arguments means we're going to throw down and destroy thoughts that are not God's thoughts. Fear, fear tactics, lies, and you need to be able to recognize what the lies are. But the more that you are in the word, the more that you will recognize when it's a lie. The more that you're in the word, the more that you'll recognize when it's an enemy literally trying to deceive you. We will cast down, which means throw down and destroy every argument Every imagination, okay, and, and I don't mean like God gives us imagina our imagination, and it's good, as long as it's in alignment with the will of God, right? So we are referring, and he's referring to that which is not of God. That's what we cast down, lies, deceit, discouragement, the opposition. You can't, you never, you always, really because we serve a God of grace and mercy that says, get up, I don't care how many times you have fallen, but get up, righteous man slash woman, get up 
and do your business because God has not given up on you. Stop giving up on yourself. There's a job to do. You have a business to do. You have a job to do for Jesus. So cast down, uh, destroy, dismantle every argument and imagination that, re that reasons, or I'm sorry, and reasoning that is contrary to the word of God. Because like we already said, we don't battle according to the flesh. Enemy wants you to get you mad so that you battle according to the flesh. But our weapons are mighty in God. Our weapons are mighty in God. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put our confidence in man. This is what the word says. It's Psalm 118 for the note takers. Psalm 118 verses 8 and 9. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Don't put confidence in man. Don't put confidence in your spouse even. In other words, above God. In other words, you're not going to put them on a pedestal. You're not going to idolize them. Don't idolize them. Don't idolize me. Do not put us on a pedestal. Don't put your best friend on a pedestal. Don't idolize them. It says it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in a prince. Psalm 20 verse 7 some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But we put our trust in the name of the Lord our God. So some people put their trust in what they think is strong and what they think is powerful. You know, but we are to put our trust in the name of the Lord our God. Completely. And there is such a victory in doing that. There's a peace even in the midst of the storm. Not just after the storm, in the midst of the storm. You will find a peace even in the midst of a storm when you put your confidence in the Lord your God solely, completely. Victory comes from the word of God, church. Victory comes from the word. It comes from the blood of Jesus. It, it comes from decreeing his word. It, it comes literally. His, victory comes from the word, from the blood, and from the name of Jesus. And that's why we're always, we're just... We're singing, we're shouting, you know, we're, we're just ex exuberant with our praise because we know, well, number one, we do so because how can we not? Like, I can't help myself. Like, I would have to stifle my, and you would have to stifle yourself, right? You would have to literally just be like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to. Well, you were called. You were called. When you know someone's done such an amazing thing for you, how could you not express your thanksgiving to him? How could you not give him your everything? Because whomever has been forgiven of much loves much. Have we not been forgiven of much? We have been forgiven of much. And so when we've been forgiven of much, we love much. And when we love much, especially after you get over yourself and you get so wrecked by the love of God, little disclaimer there, after you get wrecked by the love of God and you really don't care what you look like or sound like, then at that point, you start looking like a kook. <laughs> you start looking like a whacked out person and you don't care. That's the other, you just don't care. You're like, good, because you know what? I'm going to be more undignified than this because my Jesus deserves it all. <laughs> Father God, your word says when we're weak, we're strong. Father, your grace is sufficient for us, each and every one of us. Father God, I pray right now, divinely inspired blueprints 
for them when they pray. Strategic, Lord God, blueprints. That's what I pray right now, that their minds are being illuminated right now, that they have divinely inspired ideas how to pray for a loved one, how to pray for a situation, a circumstance that they may find themselves in. Father, divinely inspired blueprints and divinely empowered strategic ideas as to how to pray for victory, how to have that breakthrough in the mighty name of Jesus. I decree over you right now that the enemy's weak point is revealed to you. Just as Ahab had a weak point and some passerby was able to take him down, I decree over you that the enemy's weak points are going to be revealed to you so that with the word of truth, you are able to destroy the demonic assignments that are trying to come against you in the name of Jesus.